Arrow would be playing with a squeaky toy right now as I record this. Um, anyways, welcome to Breakfast for Dinner with Sarah the Human. I'm Sarah the Human, and this is the Edge of Extinction episode. You guys, I am so excited for this episode. It might be my favorite. I usually don't send the episodes to Bo ahead of time to listen to, but this one I did because he's obsessed with Survivor, so I was like, you gotta listen to this. And he listened to it and he said this was his favorite episode of Breakfast for Dinner of all time. So don't want to hype it up too much, but I'm hyping it up because (laughs) I think that whether you're a Survivor fan or not, you are going to get something out of it. (laughs) More squeaking. Thank you, Arrow. (laughs) Um, Lauren was on Survivor season 38, Edge of Extinction, hence the title. I actually didn't watch her season. I started watching season 39 because of Cole Metters, my friend who I interviewed last year. Check out his episode. But since I interviewed Lauren, I went back and watched her season on Amazon Prime. So highly recommend. She did amazing. This is a spoiler, so plug your ears. But she gets fifth. I am so proud of her for making it that far. So we talk about so many behind the scenes of what it's like being on a reality TV show, specifically Survivor. And if you want more behind the scenes of Survivor, I linked her TikTok in the episode. Her TikTok is all about little tidbits of Survivor and her experience on there. So definitely check her out on TikTok. What I love most about this episode is for a big chunk of it, Lauren and I relate to each other about struggling with an eating disorder. And what I think is perfect is Survivor does such a good job of merging our real world issues with the game. Lauren is incredibly passionate about Survivor. You will be able to tell and it is so much fun. Now, without any further ado, please enjoy Lauren. For whatever reason, this kitchen table is the best sound. I've tried it like I feel like the acoustics are amazing. I think that is what yeah. it is. Because I've tried to like sit on the couch yeah. with guests and it's just not as good. Listen. So as long as you're I, okay with sitting at the oh kitchen Oh my table. gosh, I'm great. I <laughs> okay. get the whole like, because earlier I was filming this video for Brandon. I'm like literally laying on my bathroom floor, like trying to get the right light, like trying to get lighting and sound to work. It's so like nuanced for some reason. So I get it. I'm good. Wherever you like, we could sit on the floor, whatever works for you. <laughs> okay, perfect. I actually was watching your TikTok video where you were talking about if someone uh someone asked are there makeup artists oh my god yes. tribal council mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you were saying that the lighting oh it's makes all such a difference light. it's all about the lighting because when you walk into tribal it's so the way that it works is you kind of walk in and i can do the whole behind the scenes of that but you walk in through this kind of like path or at least on my season i don't really know every tribal council setup is a little different but you walk in through path and then you sit down and then when you look at jeff there's the fire in front of you, but then behind Jeff are all the cameras. Um, and then there's like huge lighting setups on you. So the lighting is like A1 pristine. And it, I mean, you you can just tell that, cause I remember thinking, oh my gosh, their skin looks amazing. How is that working? Right. And it's genuinely just because the lighting in there is phenomenal. I just need a, a lighting uh, crew to follow me around everywhere, everywhere. I go. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. And in then, regular life. Yes. Do you remember that? Probably not, but there's uh, on TikTok, there was this kind of viral Amazon light that kind of went viral. Yeah. And I tried it. It is amazing. Was it's it amazing. a ring light? It's like a little clip onto your phone. Okay. And it's like, I almost want to use that as an example to people of like, literally look at the difference between like no light and this light. It is genuine the lighting that makes people look good. That's I'm, it. I'm about to go buy that. Yes, no, it is. It's a game changer for sure. <laughs> well, cheers. Yes, cheers. Thank you so much. Oh I'm so God. excited. I am so excited. I have a million questions Ooh. for you. I actually yeah, 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 yeah. wrote them Do you down. Yes, thank you. Yay! I wrote a million for you, so I'm just gonna bombard I'm you with so questions. I'm so excited. No, I love. I love it. I like. I started doing my TikTok or whatever really in January, and I was like, "What's an easy?" First of all, I was kind of like, "Oh, what's an?" what's an easy thing to talk about? And I was like, I get questions about Survivor like every now and then. So I just started doing that. And then all of a sudden it was like, people really liked it. So I just started, that's really all I do on my TikTok, which is funny because I don't talk about Survivor with anybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it comes across as if that's the only thing I do. And I'm like, I actually don't ever talk about Survivor. So doing it on my TikTok is fun. And I love answering questions about it. And I never really get to because I don't know, it's like not really something that I 
do in my day to day. So I love all questions about Survivor. It's so fun. Well, it makes sense because it used to be super popular, the mm-hmm. show. Like everyone watched the first couple yep. seasons and then it kind of dropped off yeah. from there. So yeah. when you find someone that watches it now yes. and that's been watching it, yeah. it's so rare. And yeah. it's like you're in this extremely exclusive yes. click or no, something. Totally. It's, I actually said something about this today in a meeting I had. I was like, I. The reason I even like got into like social media and marketing and really even wanting to do any of that was solely because of the community and the social media like interactions after Survivor and how fun it was to see, oh my God, this is a show I've loved since I was little. There are people out there that love it too because I was like, no one in college watched it and none of my friends knew about it. So it was like, oh, I'm just like a weirdo that watches this show. And it's like, oh wait, no, people love this show. It was, I don't know, it was very interesting to me. For sure. I mean, apparently a lot of people are watching it because it's still going. They, they still have, to have be. a lot they of viewers. They get like 8 million views a week. What? It, yes. It's just not the same demographic as like The Bachelor. Okay. Like the Bachelor has, actually, I, I want to say that there was, for Winners at War, the premiere maybe had more viewers than The Bachelor. Oh, really? Like, almost, I don't know how many it was, but it was a significant number. But it's just because The Bachelor demographic is so active on social media. That makes sense. Whereas like Survivor demographic is a lot of families or like a lot of like young kids um and you know people that just don't really like feel the need to be on social media as much and or they're on facebook yes oh the facebook groups about survivor are scary really how so they are just very opinionated it's yeah Mm, critical yes very critical very mean it's like whoa they have they have opinions yikes well those are the types of people that are sitting on the couch and they were not there totally experiencing it it never is never really affected me I could care less because I'm like I didn't like I didn't really I didn't really go on the show because I thought it was a tv show really and I don't know how to explain that but it's like it was just the competitive aspect for me and so when someone says something like oh my god you're so stupid I'm like okay totally yeah like that was a mistake on my like I don't know it doesn't really affect me and I think some people get really affected by it and people can be really mean but Uh, I bet it's kind of just like whatever when you're watching it it's so much easier because you have the full view of what's going on but when you're actually on the island I'm sure it's like how the heck are you supposed to know what the right thing is to do like I don't think it's possible to go through it without making some mistake oh if you do yeah there's just no possible way to play a perfect game because you just don't have enough information survivor is the hardest game to play a quote perfect game because if you win every immunity challenge that's a huge no-no because you're gonna have a target on your Mm -hmm. back and then if you don't win any it's Mm -hmm. like oh well you're not a strong competitor and then if you play a strong social game people are like oh gosh they're too likable but then if you're too annoying then you get voted off like it is finding the perfect balance it really is First of all, I just wanted to talk about how we met. Oh my gosh, yes. Because my husband, Bo, grew up with your roommate, Caroline, and they were neighbors. And I met Caroline through Bo, and they're amazing. The Mahaffies, they're so much fun. And so Caroline just moved out here, and you were rooming with her. And so Bo and I went over, and we had a dinner party, and we met you. And the whole time, Bo was thinking, this girl looks so familiar. And he was like... I guess I just might have met her through Caroline yeah. mm-hmm. at some point. I don't know. She looks so familiar. And then y'all were asking me, like, I don't know, what I do or something. And I mentioned that I had this podcast that mm-hmm. I was starting. Mm-hmm. And then I had my friend Cole on mm-hmm. um, who was going to talk about Survivor. Yep. And then y'all were like... I don't oh, think well, I said anything. I actually was thinking about that. I, I don't, don't think, think I said anything. Did. No, no, no. I didn't say anything. Because... because it was much later in the yes, night. Yes, it was much later in the night because you were telling me about this and I I was just like, oh, that's incredible. Like, because I don't, I don't ever want people to feel like I want to talk about myself or I want to be like, oh my gosh, I was on Survivor. And so I was genuinely just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, yeah. So I want to hear more about it. It's kind of weird to be like, oh, I was on yeah, that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like it, it's just not something yeah. that would ever come up in conversation. But still, I'm kind of impressed that you didn't really say anything. I don't know. I, I might've been like, yeah, I was on that. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, you didn't say anything. And then I don't even know how it came up, I guess. Do you remember? How- I don't remember because... So my boyfriend was in town and we actually went downstairs to do like the dishes and you guys stayed up in the roof. Yeah. And then later on in the night, you guys came down into the living room and that's when you guys already knew. So some conversation had happened between you and Caroline yeah. where maybe Caroline brought it up. She's hilarious. She will bring it up to anyone that asks, yeah. <laughs> which I think is like, like a proud mom. So, yeah, she's so sweet. She's so sweet. But 
so I don't know how that conversation happened, but I do remember walking out and you guys being like, okay, were you on Survivor? And I was like, yeah, totally. And you're like, we love Survivor. That was amazing. Like, it was such a fun night for us. Oh my gosh, I love it. You know, we just weren't expecting that. And then Bo was like, oh my God, that's where I knew her from. Because he totally watched her season. So, And then we sat in the living room and talked for like an hour about Survivor. That was great because Caroline and Dredson were just like, I don't really know the show very much, but we were like asking all these intricate details. Oh, which I love talking about. (laughs) Love talking. No, it was so fun for me because... My thing is, it's funny, people are always like, um, you know, oh, do you mind if I ask you some questions? I'm like, ask me the question. I love Survivor. I love it. Like, I could talk about it for hours and hours and hours and hours. I love it when there are people that love the show as much as I do. So it's like, it was so fun for me. Oh, I'm so glad because it was fun for us too. We were eating it up. And I'm so glad you came on again. Uh, came on the podcast because I had Cole on and there were so many questions that afterwards I was like damn it I didn't ask him that you know like I just forgot Mm -hmm. and so I was happy to have another go at getting to ask the questions that I didn't about someone who's been on Survivor great okay so what season were you on I was on season 38 Edge of Extinction that was when they still had names for seasons yeah what's up with that no name I know they just recently kind of switched into that whole season 44, season 43. So I think they're kind of changing into like, oh, we want people to remember the number versus kind of the theme of it. And also sometimes the theme can pigeonhole you, possibly. Mm, That makes sense. I don't know, Um, but I do think it's interesting. I love the idea of themes. I think it's fun. I know. I think it gives like this originality to each season. Yeah. And I mean, I've thank Jesus for Edge of Extinction because that was an interesting little play, but um, People will remember it, you know. Was that the first time there was an Edge of Extinction? Yes. Oh, yes. really? So our okay. season was the first time that there was any Edge of Extinction. They've had, like, Redemption Island before or Exile Island. Like, that idea that when you're voted out of the game, you can play your way back. But there had never been Edge of Extinction before. And, like, for example, the first person voted out of my season was Reem, who I love dearly. She is one of the most fantastic people. But she was voted out first. And she was on the jury. She cast a vote for mm. the winner because she stayed on edge for, I think it was, it must have been 34 days, 35 days, something like that. Whoa. So that's the first time that's ever happened. We had a huge usually jury. you don't, you're not on the jury no. unless you make it to the merge. Right. So was it every single person who got voted off to Edge of Extinction were on the jury? They were, except for two that quit oh. for the merge re-enter the game challenge Mm. so if they so they were voted out um and then there was this challenge to re-enter the game and that's when rick won on my on my season and then those people that lost went back to the edge to try and play their way in one more time got it and if you quit between the time that you between you know the merge game and then um the day 37 re-enter the game challenge I'm not saying that correctly but then you didn't get to be on the jury okay that's interesting though because it's almost impossible to keep everybody happy because you have to vote people off Mm -hmm. to the edge Mm -hmm. in order to move forward in the game exactly this is a really great point that I think adds to kind of the end vote at the um for the winner is when you're voted out of survivor regularly you get sent to ponderosa where you're met with food and drinks and a bed and you get to kind of just like decompress from everything and you get to eat, which is a really big deal. But instead on our season, when you're voted out, you get sent to an island with nothing and a bunch of bitter people Mm, that are just stewing in their bitterness (laughs) and their anger. I would at least want to shower and I'd at least Mm -hmm. want some food after not eating anything or eating just rice. Yes. So... They kind of, I believe, and I really don't know this for sure, obviously, but I mean, I'm sure if I had been a part of that, I would have felt the same way. They kind of create this like anti people still in the game group, you know, it's like, okay, so they create this, this own little family and community of their own where it's like, they want to root for the person that gets back in because if they don't vote for the person at the end, and this is kind of getting into why I think they voted for Chris, um, then they're saying that what he went through wasn't playing the game and they're invalidating their own experience. Mm. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, um, this is so deep. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, you know, <laughs> I love could, this. And that could be 
I could be absolutely off base. Um, you know, I obviously didn't experience it. I just think that, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to tell someone, Hey, you know, we can't vote for you because we don't think you actually played the game. And that was the argument that Gavin was giving. He was like, I was playing the game, yeah. you know? And it's the same reason why I voted for Gavin, right? Like I saw what Gavin was going through. I experienced exactly what Gavin was experiencing. So it's the same reason I voted for Gavin and that if I vote for Chris, then I'm saying that, you know, what we went through wasn't as hard as what yeah. Chris went through. So it, it plays both ways. And it's not meant to come across as, as derogatory in the slightest. It's just... I think it's the human experience is you, you need to validate your own experience. If yeah. That makes sense. It's pretty similar to a real life jury mm-hmm. where it's random people and it's not going to be perfect. No. So a lot of times a real jury in a court system gets it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And their biases get in the way. And I don't want at all to say that I think that Chris winning was wrong. Because yeah. I don't think no. that's wrong. I actually don't think there's ever a wrong winner. I think that if you can get a group of X amount of people, let's say north of 10, to vote to give you a million dollars, it doesn't matter if you played one day or you played 39 days or you played 26 days, you deserve to win because that is the overall goal of the game. And I actually have a very strong opinion about this when people say, oh, they're not a qualified winner or they're not a good winner. It's like they convinced the majority of people to vote to give them a million dollars, they won. That's such a good point. And I am one of those people that get frustrated with, with some of the picks that the jury chooses. Totally. And I get that from a viewer's perspective. Yeah. I get yeah. it because I'm the same. I'm like, yeah. hold on. I saw this, this, and this. They deserve to win. Or I can't believe they voted for them. Oh, they were just a bitter jury. And I love that because I have such a great counter argument to it is the whole point of the game is that you know the people you're voting out are going to vote for the winner eventually. Yeah. So you have to be careful. That's the whole nuance. That's what makes Survivor so special is you're voting people out. You're backstabbing people. You are being this conniving individual, yet at the end you have to ask them to forgive you and to vote for you. It's so complex because you're right. It's like if somebody pulls the most epic blindside of all time and backstabs their biggest ally, mm-hmm. as a viewer, mm-hmm. we think that that is an incredible move. However, whoever they backstabbed... Mm-hmm might be really upset yeah. and now they're on the jury Absolutely. and they might not get over it. They, they might, not. might not be able to see past themselves and just realize, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a game yep. and I respect the move and I right. know it wasn't personal. They might take it personally Absolutely. and not vote for them. And that's <laughs> so. one of the biggest skills I think is being able to blind someone, blindside someone and to be able to do it in a way that doesn't feel personal because if yeah. you can do that, then you will get their vote. But if you can't, then you won't. You're having to get people out and then think about how it affects them after they're mm-hmm. out. You still have to almost cater to them. Right. The second you get them out, all the other tribal councils you have, you're almost trying to smooth them over mm-hmm. a little bit. That is one thing that I wish I had done better um, is playing to the jury. And there were some people on my season that were phenomenal at it. David, amazing jury management. Rick, amazing jury management, right? Just was able to articulate what he had done between the last tribal and the current tribal in a way that was interesting and made the jurors like them. Like that, that is a skill in itself. Jury management is a skill. And that's something that I definitely struggled with because I just, I, I didn't think about it. I, I was just naive, I think, a lot of like, oh, well, I'm doing this and I see what I'm doing and I can't wait till I sit at the final three and can tell them, hey, this was my vote, this was my vote. Really managing what are pe- what's people's perceptions of you because in Survivor, perception is reality. For sure, yeah. And what's interesting as the viewer, we can see everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, this current season, which I know you've watched a couple episodes, yeah. Um, there's this guy, Carson, yep. who we've seen that he's been preparing and practicing all the puzzles yep. and he's been like hardcore prepping, right. but no one on the island knows that. Yep. And he's flying so under the radar mm-hmm. where nobody really sees him as a threat at all, right. but we see that he's a threat in mm-hmm. his interviews. Right. And so I'm just thinking, okay, let's say he gets to the end tomorrow and he's top three. Mm -hmm. The jury might be like, eh, he didn't really deserve to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Even though we can see, no, he totally does. Absolutely. So it's just hard. I 
I never like defend my game really because I I'm like it was an incredible experience I just feel lucky to have been there you know but I will say one thing about kind of I a lot of people post game have said things like oh Lauren never would have won or she was a goat and it's like okay like your perception is the is your reality and I don't I think there's really only one truth right there's there's not multiple truths but you can have your own perception of something and that can be your reality yeah that makes sense so for me it's like I felt like wow I went into the merge three to nine I then came out with the majority alliance I found an idol I love you know like I felt like I could justify why I felt like I played a good game but if you can't do that to the jury it doesn't matter so I never am like oh my gosh no I should have won it's like the jury's telling me I wouldn't have won I wouldn't have won you know like that's that's just the reality of Survivor right well that's kind of comforting knowing you know they would have voted Chris anyway yeah absolutely I think that's what makes Survivor so fun is like there's there's really no what ifs it's like yeah or there's a hundred what ifs but it is what it is that's that's how it played out and and there's no going back and changing it you just kind of have to own your moves and own your mistakes and and be okay with it how many years ago it's been five years five years okay crazy because it feels like (laughs) yesterday but it also feels like a lifetime ago. I don't know how to explain that. that. A whole pandemic has yeah. happened yeah. since then. <laughs> but, so you, okay, you were on the show when it was it was 42 days, right? 30, 39. Oh, 39. Yes. 39 days. Yeah. And then now, how many days is 26. it? 26. 26, which yes. is quite the difference. Quite the difference, yes. And do you think they're ever going to go back to 39? I don't know. I think that... I don't know. Survivor is very interesting to me and I listen to a lot of like Jeff's podcasts and his his thoughts and I think the cool thing about Survivor is like they don't really care if you like it or not. Like they do, right? Like they the thing about Jeff is he loves Survivor. He loves it. Does. He is phenomenal. I cannot say enough amazing things about Jeff, oh, but he loves it and he I loves love the Jeff. fans and he like he wants you to like it, right? But if you don't like a twist, then he's going to be like, "Okay, like all right, well this is how it's going to be until you get used to it. Or this is how it's going to be until we find something better. And I love that aspect of Survivor because it makes it, it makes it so it's always evolving. And I don't know if they'll ever go back to 39 days. I think it's a funny, it's a funny argument always. And he brought this up in his podcast too, about how the 39ers, um, you know, they say that, oh man, the winner at 26 days isn't, isn't as, uh, as much of a survivor as the people that won for 39 days. And, he has this thing about, oh no, we we make it just as hard. And I obviously don't know firsthand, right? But I have talked to Kelly about it. And it's like, she was actually voted out to give perspective of like, she was voted out on day 26 on my season. Oh, okay. And the changes that occurred between day 26 and day 39 were so, I mean, they were huge. It was like a completely different game. Um, but I think that that just means that maybe in this new season, the game is sped up. You know, okay. so maybe those those big changes that happened between 26 and 39 um, happened earlier. I don't know. What were the changes? Just the amount of strategy that went into kind of day 26 to day 39. Getting to day, and I only made it to day 37, right? But getting to those last 30 days, right? Like that 30, 34 and up is really, really hard mentally and physically and being able to navigate the constant okay am I going to be voted out today um what's the strategy today I mean it's a whole what that's that's 13 days it's almost two oh weeks. yeah it's a long time and so to see like oh well the game could have been cut off on day 26 I would have felt like oh wow I really haven't played much to be honest with you I do love that they switch it up yeah. because I also I used to watch The Bachelor I don't watch it anymore yeah. but I used to and it really is the same old thing same. every single time. Yep. And they literally never switch it up. Mm-hmm. And with Survivor, you really don't know what's no. going to happen. You never know. And it plays into the game yep. because in this season, there was there was something where they were like, oh my God, I don't know if someone's going to play a knowledge's power. Yes. Like mm-hmm. that thing just happened. Just happened, right. A couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't even happened this season. Absolutely. But they're 
afraid that it's going to happen. Yeah. And meanwhile, there could be something completely different. Completely different, right. That no one's ever heard of. Yep. So it really adds so many different elements yeah. and keeps it fresh. Totally. And there's some things that I'm like, eh, that didn't really work. But I do respect the tries and respect totally. that they just go for it. Well, he said he said something, or Jeff has said something previously about how when they first introduced hidden immunity idols, that people were up in arms about. It. They <laughs> and now it. it's like, and a now staple. it's like, yeah, it's like if you don't have hidden immunity idols in a game, like that's crazy, you know. <laughs> and I I think it's interesting. I would I have seen a lot of people say, oh, I wonder what it would be like to go back to like no twists, no idols, just plain and simple strategy. And I don't know. I think that there's there's a part of you that really loves that kind of hidden immunity idol twist aspect of it. It's like, hey, they worked they worked hard and and they got a little lucky and they played this really fun twist that you know changed the game and put it on its head. And I think that that's a fun aspect of Survivor. The element of having to strategize when you're just starving. Yeah. That in itself doesn't even make sense. Like, how is that even possible to think straight when you're just so depleted? I think that that is why I personally feel like those last kind of, those last 10 or those last nine days, 30 to 39, obviously I've only made it to 37, but you know, for me, those seven days were by far the hardest because you were so, you were hungry for such a long period of time at that point. And you were so exhausted from strategizing and you were so exhausted from mentally playing out what each day was going to hold. And, and okay, so what if they do this? Or what if they do this? Or, okay, so if they do this, then I'll play my idol here. Or, okay, so if the numbers are here and then all of a sudden you have to start counting the jury. You're like, okay, so they have a vote. They have a vote. Who do I need to vote out? Just like the constant, no sleep, no food, strategizing and trying to make it through each day it's exhausting i bet i just can't even imagine i really can't so would you do it again oh my gosh i would absolutely do it again oh my gosh okay well i feel like they're due for another fans versus favorites type season where they have returners there yeah there's been a lot of rumors about it for sure um I heard rumors that it could be 40, 45, season 45. Ooh. But I haven't heard anything about it since. So maybe it'll be 46 or something. I'm not sure because 45 is probably filming right now since we're in May. Oh, uh, well, not now yet, but they're probably filming soon. About to. Um, about to. And, and I don't actually know what the schedule is like anymore. But um, I had heard some rumors. So I definitely think that they are playing with the idea of a fans versus favorites or second chance to season or something like that. Oh my God, I hope you get called. Oh my God, I would cry. That I would, would be it's amazing. Like, and it's for me, it's like I just love the show so much. Like I just love it. And I, I tell people this. It's like you cannot simulate the type of competition and the competitive spirit that is just like pulled out of you. On that show it is unlike anything else the high from the competition and the high from truly being stripped of everything and still having to pull strength from somewhere mm. is something that is so addicting to me like mm. I, I want it again and that's why you know I want to do it again and I would do it in a heartbeat oh yeah I mean I've watched people come in having a little bit of a fake personality mm-hmm. and fake persona where they're trying to perform mm-hmm. it just is easy to see, oh, they're trying to put on this certain yeah. personality that's not really their true selves. Absolutely. And then by the end of the show, the show has just completely stripped them down to where they are their true selves. Yes. And usually they're so much more enjoyable and lovable. Yes. And it's so interesting because, you know, a lot of times I think people can relate to, we all put on some sort of mask <laughs> sometimes and we're trying to hide who we really are. And then the show really brings out who each person really is and a lot of times it's more beautiful than whatever they're trying to cover up absolutely and there's just nowhere to hide on survivor there's yeah not, you are you're hungry you're tired you don't have your support system it's going to truly make you into who you are at your core and i've said this a lot but i think that if you are innately a really kind and loving person that's going to come out like that that is who you're going to be on the island. If you are an innately mean person, that's going to come out. And obviously people have their days, right? Everybody everybody does, but I do think who you are at your core comes out. There's no hiding. And I love that aspect of kind of the inter- or the audition process, the interview process is they tell you like go in and be who you are because I'm telling you, if you're not, A, we'll be able to see it and B, 
the show will not be kind to you. You know, you will get stripped of everything and you won't make it. Was that daunting to hear? Or were you you comfortable with that? I was so young at the time. Like, obviously I'm only 26 now, right? But, you know, I'm going to be 27 this year. And so I went on at 21. But I do think there's a lot that you learn between 21 and 27. And I just didn't look at it. I didn't think it was going to be that hard, to be honest with you. I really didn't. I was just like, oh, you know, I, I've had three knee surgeries. I've played college soccer. Like, you know, this is going to be hard, but it's not going to be that hard. Like, I can do it. And I had never really felt like, yeah, there's there's a point in which I turn myself on of, okay, I'm going to be a little bit higher volume of who I am, or I'm going to amplify these aspects of my personality. But I had never really felt like, oh, I need to be some fake person to get on the show. I was really genuinely just who I am, I guess. I Like, I understand what you mean about being naive and being 21, because I feel like when I was 21, I would just be like, yeah, okay, let's yes. do it. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, yeah. Yep. Not really think about it. Mm-hmm. And then now, just that I'm a little bit older, I've had more anxieties creep in yes. or just more awareness mm-hmm. of like, things that I do mm-hmm. that I didn't really have as much self-awareness back then. So Absolutely. I just, I kind of thought I was the shit too. Yeah, totally. And you so think you're, you're invincible. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm you're like, like, oh, okay, I'll go Everyone's going to like yeah. me. I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to win every challenge. Like you, you're just dumb. Like you're dumb. That's kind of a blessing it that was. you got Listen, to go in that way. Yeah. I'm not complaining about the attitude I had. And I do think that a lot of it played out on screen where you see like, there were some people on my season that were really playing up for the camera. You could tell they like, they wanted screen time. They, and that was just not me at all. I did not look at it like a TV show and I think you know now I'm so much more aware of kind of the the filming aspect of it the tv aspect of it kind of how it shows on 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 screen but going into it I was like I'm just trying to make it to the next day and I I I am thankful for that mindset because it just allowed me to go in and just not be nervous not have any anxiety about it I was excited I was not nervous in the slightest which is so silly and so it's so indicative of how little I understood of what was about to come. And I tell this story sometimes where it was day one. God, our tribe sucked. Um, day one, and we go to build our shelter. And we couldn't really build it fast enough. And, and you know, we decided to sleep on the beach. So we sleep on the beach. It was so cold. It was so cold. It was horrible. The wind that was coming through, like, I was freezing all night. I was cuddled up next to Kelly, just miserable. Beyond miserable and so we get up that morning and we're kind of walking back and I look at Kelly and I'm like does it get worse (laughs) and sweet sweet angel Kelly that little liar looks me dead in the eyes and goes no and I make fun of her so much now I'm like first of all you were probably dying when I asked you that question like oh little does she know you said no though you could have, she's like, what were they going to say? Yes. Right. Like, she's of like, course it's going to get worse. a lot worse. Yeah. And it's just, it's funny because it just shows how little I knew, you know? That's hilarious. Yeah. That would, the cold is what scares Freezing. me the most. Freezing. I hate being cold. It was so cold. So cold. It was every single night that cold? Not every single night, but yeah. It was cold. It was very cold. I slept by the fire most nights when we could get a fire and it wasn't raining. There was a night where it rained for, I would say, north of 12 hours. That is terrifying. That was the worst night out there. It was, I've never been so cold in my life. Wow. Yeah. You're really just roughing it. Yeah. And you are just soaking wet. All of your stuff is wet. There's no way to get warm. Um, You know, you can't start a fire because all the wood is wet. You're just holding on to people trying to get some sort of heat and you just can't. You're freezing. Does the camera crew stay up all night? Yeah, so there are actually two sets of camera crew. There's the day crew and there's the night crew. Um, the day crew is obviously more extensive um, because there's a strategy going on or things going on at camp. And then the night crew is usually just one or two people with kind of handheld cameras. And um, But yeah, there's all, you're being filmed 24-7. Did you get used to the cameras? Or like what point were you used to the cameras and you didn't really think about it anymore? Gosh, Three, three days max. Okay, just super three days early max. on. Yeah, it is, it is just so... And I do think a big aspect of that was because we had Kelly and David on our tribe. Um, and I literally just talked about this on my TikTok, which is so funny. But they were so accustomed to that, um, you know, the nuances of being filmed. So there's this aspect of, okay, you aren't allowed to have conversations off camera. Which really isn't as hard as you think. There's cameras, you know, they, they, they're following you. It's, it's easy. But... You know, when you're walking somewhere, the camera crew is walking backwards. So it's this idea of 
purposely kind of slowing down your walk mm. not in a weird way that's uncomfortable but just you're slowing down to let them get get it on camera and Kelly was just instinctually very good at that and um you know I just kind of played off of her and got very comfortable to the cameras right away that makes sense yeah okay oh yeah so when did you get the call for Survivor and then how soon after were you actually on the show yeah so I applied very very late I sent in my application middle of March I uh got an email with a questionnaire like right after which I honestly think might might be automated but then I sent in my questionnaire the next day and actually got a call from the casting director the next day no so way it was very fast yes and I like I've said total god thing where they were looking for my archetype they wanted someone to play off of Kelly they were looking at videos that day like it, it was just all perfectly perfectly planned by him and um so I get a call and we do like pretty much a two-hour phone call which was very funny. Um, I, I love my cast director. Her name's um, Penny, and she's phenomenal. And and when I did this phone call, I think I was trying to be very proper and like like sweet or whatever. And I remember I said something along the lines of, um, "I don't have a boyfriend because I haven't really found someone that like really shares my values." And blah. And she goes, "Bullshit!" Like just called me out. She's like. I know for a fact that you're dating multiple, you know, like just, just really? funny, like, just really like, Were you? Um, no, I actually wasn't at that point, but you know, it was just, it was just a funny thing where like the casting directors like want to actually hear who you are. Like you, they want you to be real. And that yeah. was the first time where I was like, oh, okay, well I'm just going to be real with you then. And we talked for a long time. And then a week later they were like, Hey, we're going to fly you out to LA for the final casting round. Um, and so that was probably the first week of April or second week of April, something like that. It was around Easter. And so I flew out and I was in LA for a whole week. And that was very, very crazy. That whole experience was very interesting. I was, I can't believe they didn't cut me on the first day because I went in to talk to um, Lynn, who used to be the executive casting director and bombed it, bombed it. How I mean, so? so I grew up very much, um, I probably have an authority complex, who knows, but I like respecting authority and, and, and oh, yeah. being trained to be very proper and sweet and, and not say anything out of line and to not be too dramatic or too over the top. And so I'm sitting in front of this, who I viewed as kind of an authority figure and someone who I needed to impress. And so I was very tailored, very mm -hmm. like, this timid. Is, yeah, like this is an interview and I'm going to give very calm answers and just answer your questions. And that's just not what they're looking for at all. Right. And I remember walking out and my casting um, kind of Penny, who I was working with, goes, what the hell was that? No way. And I was like, was it bad? She goes, oh my God, Lauren. And I was like, like, she was nice. She was funny. She was yeah. so sweet. She was yeah. not being mean at all, but it was very much like a, oh my God. And I was like, just give me one more try. She's like, oh, did you and think you blew it? I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, I thought no. I blew it. Um, and the thing that was happening is they were cutting people throughout the week. So like you would get like... You would go in for an interview or a meeting, and then if you weren't there the next day, like obviously I didn't get cut, but if we didn't see someone the next day, they got cut. That would know? be devastating. Yeah, so, so close. I was very, very lucky. Um, and throughout the week, I just got better and better at doing them. Um, I remember very vividly, uh, Jeff has joked about this with me sometimes, but I knew the archetype they kind of wanted me to play. They wanted me to play that kind of like flirty, 21-year-old athlete, you know, um, strong female, but also kind of like a little, I think they wanted me to be a little more flirty than I was naturally. So I kind of played into that a little bit just because it was an audition process, you know? And, right. and so I just remember, you know, the second to last interview I had, um, I was talking to Jeff and he was actually just over zoom because he was actually filming in Fiji at the time. And I was like, Jeff, is this our first date? <laughs> and he like laughed or whatever we were talking. So then the next day I had to sit in front of the entire, um, you know, executive produce, all, all the pro executive producers for the show. And I like, like skipped in and like was giving, you know, and sat down. I was like, Jeff, if you wanted a second date, you could have just texted me. Like, just like funny, you know, it was so much more comfortable, so much more, you know, myself at that point where I felt like, I'm going to just be 100% authentic and myself and, and try to give them a glimpse into who I am. And if they like me, great. If they don't, they don't, you know? And I ended up being very lucky that they did because I left, you know, I think it was first or second week of April. And then I got the call the last week of April that I had gotten it, which was awesome. I was driving to my grandma's house. Were you house. freaking out? Oh my out? gosh, yeah. I was in the car driving <laughs> to my grandma's house. I had to pull over the car. I'm like screaming. I called my dad and I was like, I have to tell you something. He's like, what? I was like, you're going to have to get used to not talking to me because I'm going to be on Survivor. Oh and he was like, God. what? 
it was so yeah I was so excited um and then actually I so I graduated um May 12th and I left May 23rd no way yeah so from it was about a two-month process oh wow from the time that I turned in my audition video to the time that I was on a plane to Fiji whoa I mean that's super fast. fast very 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 fast yes so Bo is filming his audition video, <gasps> so exciting. which we're totally gonna send it to. Oh my god, yeah, I would love to help. Before we oh my god, submit I would, lo- it. I would love to help. Yeah, that would be. Wait, how amazing would it be if Bo got on that. and you got on? It was fans versus favorites. Oh, I would cry. That would be so amazing. That would be amazing. Would that y'all be, be able? Like, if you found out that you were uh, on it together mm-hmm. ahead of time, mm-hmm. could you strategize? Absolutely. Ahead of time, you yes. can. Oh yeah, absolutely. So people do that. Like I would Winners assume. War, I would assume like, so. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm sure the people at Winners at War were strategizing. Yeah. There's no way they weren't. There's no, no way they weren't. Because yeah. they all know each other. Yes. yes. I was wondering. So is that that's not seen as cheating or anything? I don't think so because yeah. the thing is, like, we all know each other. We all yeah. know each other. We all are like there are relationships that have been built. There are people that are really close, and I think that's a huge thing that plays into. Like you saw at Winners at War, there was kind of the poker alliance. And it was, I can't remember who um, comprised that alliance, but like they were targeted because they had this relationship outside of the game that people knew about and they knew they were close and they were targeted because of it. So it's, it's absolutely something that happens. Well, y'all could go on and no, no one, one would know, know no that one y'all know each other. Except they'll listen to this and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we know. That, but no, that, true, true. absolutely. Oh my gosh. I would, yeah. that would be so fun. That'd be so fun. But he will, he would be phenomenal on it. Phenomenal. Yeah, he would be great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh yeah. So when you get the call, you're not supposed to tell anyone, right? Yeah. Was it? Were they strict on that? Were they like literally no one? Oh or? yeah, very. No, no. You can tell your family. Okay. I'm like but you have to tell your family. Yeah, yeah. You tell your family, um, but they do have to sign NDAs. Wow. Um, yeah, they do have to sign in NDAs, and yeah. Other than that, I didn't tell anybody else. There was really? no one. Yeah, it's Good for funny. you. That would be hard. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's a pretty, it's it's pretty You're strict like, NDA. Yeah, it's chance yeah, to get on. No chance. But it is funny because I had told kind of the girls in my sorority that I was auditioning for it, and that I was going out to LA to audition for it, right? Because I, at that point, like, you can tell people, you don't know. But then I remember them being like, "Oh, did you get it?" and it, this was like a couple days after I had I found out I had, and I was like, no, maybe oh, maybe next to, time. Like, you're practicing your lying. Oh survivor. yeah, <laughs> totally. And so then all of a sudden I just ghosted everybody for two months. Um, <laughs> then they and I think people had an idea, but you know, no one really knew for sure. What was it like watching yourself back and mm-hmm. watching every episode? Was mm-hmm. that like nerve wracking? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I would not eat on Wednesdays pretty much, oh, and my God. the reason for that is because. You know what's going to happen, right? You know the general idea of who's going to be voted out, who's going to win immunity. But you have no idea what else they're going to show. No clue. And to be honest with you, the confessionals they showed of me, I forgot what I said. I had no idea. I was like, wow, I don't even remember saying that. So you have no clue what is going to be shown in the episode. You're watching it live with everybody else. So it was very nerve-wracking. Very nerve-wracking. Were you pleasantly surprised? Like, oh, I did okay? It was fine? Or were there times where you were embarrassed? (laughs) Honestly, I felt like really what they showed was was a good amount of, like, was what happened. It was kind of my perception of what happened. I felt like, you know, everybody says, oh, well, they didn't show this, or they didn't show how strategically amazing I was, or whatever, <laughs> right. you know. And there were confessionals where I was like, oh, man, um, I kind of wish I hadn't said it like that, or whatever it may be. But to be honest with you, I feel like the editing is pretty true to people. And if anything, I feel like they're almost, um, a lot of times, you know, if someone is is not quite as nice, they they tend to make them a little nicer, or mm. they they tend to you know, leave out some strategy to make it a little bit more ambiguous. So I got a lot of comments after that. I was like, oh, Lauren just got a good edit. And I, I find that funny. I'm like, I did. I have no complaints. Like, yeah, they, you're right. But it's also because I never said anything mean. I wasn't going into my confessionals talking crap about people. I, I really do think they do a good job of encompassing who people are. I was very like, yeah, this is this is what happened. You know, this is this is how I was on the island. I had a great time, and I felt like, you know, I cried a lot, and I owned it. But I love that about Survivor that they're pretty true to yeah. what happens, yeah. and it's an authentic edit. It is, and they're for you, like you're for your success. So that's that's another aspect. When you mentioned The Bachelor earlier, I think that there's a very interesting dynamic between the viewers of The Bachelor and then the viewers of Survivor. I genuinely believe that people watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette in order to 
trash on people. Yeah, to make fun of yeah. people, honestly. Like, there, there's not really a level of respect for those people. No. You're, like, kind of making fun of them. For sure. Whereas Survivor, there is a level of respect there. Oh, like, yeah. the, the, the even the producers, it's like, they want you to do well. They want you to succeed. They want you to be amazing. They want you to win. And the people that are watching Survivor are cheering you on because there's there's a portion of them that loves the show and loves the people on there and wants you to be amazing. You know, they don't want you to suck. And the editors feel the same way because they know that about the Survivor fans. I think that's awesome yeah. because it's so uncomfortable to have producers that are against you oh, and like gosh, want yeah, no. to humiliate you no, publicly. The sur- yeah, no, that's, the Survivor producers are phenomenal. That's really comforting. Yeah, phenomenal, so phenomenal. Great. Good, yeah. okay. For me being on Survivor, I think it would be hard, the element of, like, being aware of my body and not eating and then, like, probably losing a lot of weight and uh, honestly liking how I was, like, so thin at the end of it and then dealing with gaining it back and Mm -hmm. going through that process. I know that you had shared with me that you had been through eating disorder as well. Like, how was that aspect of it, being on Survivor and dealing with thoughts of, eating, not eating in your body? That's a great question. Um, I actually was never self-conscious really about my body on the show. I think because you have other things going on, right? It wasn't until afterward, and I had never struggled really with an eating disorder previously. Oh, really? Um, Did yeah, it at no. all like spark that? Yes. So um, I, I had struggled with my self-image before, but that's only because I was so aware of my weight because I was an athlete in college and they were weighing us every day. And then I was told, you know, after my surgery that I had gained too much weight and, you know, like I was aware of it, right? But I had never really lost a ton of weight before. And so I went into the show at 155. I obviously lost a lot of weight. I lost 15 pounds. Um, in such a short amount of time. In such a short time. amount of time, right? And then um, when I got to Ponderosa, it was like I was eating everything I possibly oh, yeah, could. I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to eat, 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 yeah, eat. Um, and it became this kind of really difficult struggle with, okay, I'm scared I'm going to get hungry, but I do like how I look. I like that I'm skinny, which is not healthy at all. I was, I was, I was gone. I was, I had lost all of my muscle. I did not objectively, my body didn't look good, but right. I thought it did. Right. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm the skinniest I've ever been. Are you kidding me? Like, people are telling me. I vividly remember walking into um, Target one day. I had been home for maybe a week, and this um, woman I knew, because I knew her daughter, um, who I hadn't seen in probably two years, and she walks up to me, she goes, oh my gosh, hi, you look amazing. Have you lost mm. weight? And I just, I will never forget it, because I... I remember now looking back on it after I've kind of, you know, I've been healing and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I look so good. Yeah. I do look so good. And it, and it just kind of made me feel like, okay, I got to keep this. I have to keep this up. Yeah. I was constantly weighing myself. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, when I got off the show, I was 140. So let's stay. I want, can I get less than 140? Maybe, you know, and the thing is, I know now numbers don't matter. I, I looked better than I ever have, you know, two years after the show when I was working out and a lot healthier kind of, and, and I weighed more than 140 and my measurements, you know, like numbers just don't matter, but they don't. Yeah. It was a very, you know, I've, I've gone through spells from, from the time I got off the show till now. Um, and I've, I've struggled with bulimia for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, with being like, okay, this struggle of like, I'll never eat again. Mm. And, oh, I have to punish myself for eating because I need to be small. And then, mm. you know, there's, for me, that was kind of the first year. And I didn't really struggle with bulimia until, you know, probably two years after that. So 2018 was when I was on the show. And then really 2020 was when that started to um, come to light. But, um, and yeah. so it just kind of was this this constant uh, validation that, yeah. oh, when, I, when I'm skinnier, I'm, I'm, worth more my value Uh, is higher it Um, shows how comments on people's bodies even if they're positive like mm -hmm, that yeah can be so harmful absolutely and I think that you know I don't blame them in the slightest it was very much kind of a me thing in this battle with like okay finding my worth in something finding my worth not in what I look like or what my accomplishments Mm -hmm. are and and being thrust into kind of what I felt like was a very 
very immersive spotlight where it's like every week people had something to say about me and every week I was kind of, you know, on TV and, and, and I would never in a million years categorize myself as famous. Like it actually at all. But when you are in it, it's like every week there are 8 million people watching and they have something to say. So, so in your own little survivor bubble, it feels like, Oh my gosh, this is so fun. And then it's over. And that adjustment of like, Mm. I am no longer relevant, right? Which Wow, that's so fascinating. Was very interesting. And it's not like I was like, oh my gosh, I need to stay relevant at all. It was just just very much subconscious. Yeah, it was, it was, I wasn't even aware of it until honestly recently. But it's like you're and I was 21. That's the big thing, is it was like I was 21 when I was going through this. I was I had turned 22 right before it gets on the show. It's like a 22-year-old being told that they look so much better when they're skinnier and being thrust into kind of the spotlight or whatever it may be, and then all of a sudden being told that they're not relevant anymore, or then being told like, oh, you sucked on that show. It's, it was a lot mentally. Um, and then, you know, everyone has issues, and I think that that kind of bled into um, other things. But it felt like, okay, I food is one thing I can control. Gosh, I never really... I never knew that it was almost like being on Survivor kind of sparked that. <laughs> And not even necessarily the difficulty of Survivor. It was almost like the aftermath of just dealing with so much attention and light on you of your whole community. Like all your friends and family, I'm sure, watching every single week. It is it is fame in a in In like a a small little bubble, like right? Like in your own little in the in your survivor community, it's like you are famous in a way. Like I'm air quotes here. Um but (laughs) Yeah, I think it had very little to do with how hard Survivor was um, and, right. and much more to do with the, oh, hold on. I have seen results on my body that people are giving me positive feedback for. And then all of a sudden there were other aspects of my life that fed into that. And it was like, oh, well, if things are out of control, one thing I can control is what my body looks like. One yeah. thing I can control and one way I can get validation if I'm not getting it other ways, right? Or if I'm not feeling worthy or if I don't feel good about myself or if I feel shame or if I feel like I'm, you know, a loser or whatever it may be in that moment or, um, you know, whatever feeling that may be. One thing I can control is I can control my intake of food. I think a common misconception about eating disorders is that it has to do with the food and it really doesn't. It's exactly what you're saying. Like it's these feelings of not measuring up, not feeling enough Mm -hmm. and... I think a lot of that is sparked by freaking society and just like living in this world, especially women. Mm-hmm. There's so many impossible standards yeah. that we're facing. There's so much pressure on us to look a certain way, act a certain way, mm-hmm. not be too bold, don't cuss, don't whatever. And yes. it's like what I love about Survivor, bringing it back to that is they wanted you to just yeah, be yourself. They wanted you to be real. They wanted you yeah. to be real. Absolutely. No, I think, and another big misconception for me personally was this idea that it had everything to do with wanting to look good because it, it doesn't it doesn't stem from, oh, I want to be skinnier. And I it's, it's hard yeah. to explain. It has a lot more to do with underlying trauma or insecurity or whatever it may be for people and very little to do with food, especially like for me personally with the um, bulimia is... I was very unconscious of what I was eating. It was one of those things where it was like, I'm going to eat everything I possibly can right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't care what it is. It doesn't really matter. With The Whale, that movie, mm. it makes sense because they were accurately showing a depiction of a binge eating session mm-hmm. and it brought up feelings for me of what that shame-inducing feeling is like. Yep. It's not like his goal was to be skinnier. You oh, know, no, it, not at all. It's no. just this feeling of shame. You know, not feeling good shame yeah and a totally. lot of it um has to do i i believe and this is really just my personal experience is um the secrecy of it and having your own secrets and maybe sometimes um people feel shame and they feel like they have all these burdens on them and so if they are able to have their own kind of secrets that they control or their own their own something like something that they are it's just them. They don't have to put their burdens on other people. They don't have to take other people's burdens on. Mm-hmm. And they're able to experience all of this on their own. Then it that's also a, rele- a release as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely relate to that. And controlling too. Like mm-hmm. I had a really 
dysfunctional childhood and my family was super dysfunctional like just a lot of chaos I never felt safe at home Mm -hmm. so being able to realize that oh I can't control all of that but I can control my body absolutely in a way I am thankful that I had that as an outlet because it helped me survive that you know it helped me get through that really difficult situation absolutely and so now the tricky thing is, okay, I'm safe. I'm not in that environment anymore. I have like a wonderful life. Yeah. So I don't need to have this um, coping mechanism right. anymore. And just unlearning that and realizing like I'm safe and I can create safety in my own body and yeah. I don't need this anymore. Right. So what are some ways that's helped you? It sounds like you've come a long yeah, way with no, absolutely, it. Absolutely. And, like, yeah. Becoming aware of it and like healing from it. Yeah. So like what are some ways that's helped you? Um, I mean, first of all, I think that just a big portion of it for me was feeling very worthless. And so being able to really lean on my faith and realize that my worth only comes from God and just really actually acknowledge, not only acknowledge it, but believe it are two very different things. And so that was something that I I struggled with when I was going through it a lot. It was like, oh, well... I am only good enough if I am on TV. I'm only good enough if I am getting straight A's. I'm only good enough if I want to be a doctor. I'm only good enough if I'm pretty. I'm only good, you know, all of these different things like that are accomplishment based or they're looks based or they're just worldly, um, you know, things that the world feeds you were that are so fleeting and really just impossible to hold on to. Um, being able to shift my perspective for that was definitely um empowering but another thing was this idea that no one is thinking about me as much as I'm thinking right. about me you know and it, and it and it had very little to do with what people thought about me and so I know this doesn't really make a ton of sense but it was this idea of I don't need to prove myself to people mm-hmm. I don't need like I started to think okay why do I love my best friends and I started to name out the things that I loved about them and it had nothing to do with their accomplishments and it had nothing to do with what they looked like. Yeah. Those didn't even make the top 20 on the no, list, right? Not. So yeah. I was like, okay, well then why do I think that my worth is coming from these things? Where am I getting this idea from? And that really helped me and like if I can just realize that the people that love me love me because I am, you know, loyal and kind and whatever it may be that I am that and I work on those things then I'm going to be a lot happier than trying to fight for these worldly fleeting attributes that really don't mean anything to the people that I care about. Absolutely. And they just love you for you. Yeah. It's like the liberation in realizing, coming to those realizations yes. of I don't have to do anything to prove myself to anyone. Yes. And I don't have to do anything, period. Like, yeah. I'm good. I can just yeah. be and I am loved. Yes. And that's such a turning point. Yes realizing oh just existing I'm good enough and you know I forget that on a daily basis oh absolutely yeah <laughs> you know, know it's, that's it's another a constant thing. reminder yeah it's not some days are easier than others and I do think another aspect of it that I think goes with the coping mechanisms is for me a lot of it came with I didn't want to think about certain things so the eating and then for me the the um purging after was a way to distract myself and so being able to find really healthy ways to distract myself sometimes or being able to have an outlet or honestly being able to just be like this is someone that I very much trust that I can call and be like hey let's talk or whatever um has been huge that makes so much sense because I think uh people don't really usually see eating disorders as addictions but it is very similar and it is is. it's the same sort of disorder and with addictions, a lot of times people recover by replacing that addictiveness to developing a habit, golfing yes. or basketball or like something more healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that makes sense with changing this addiction of our thoughts because a lot of times the eating disorder is just in our head. It's just yeah. like intrusive thoughts and ruminating on feelings of unworthiness. Yeah. And so giving our mind something to do and whether it's calling a friend like you're saying and like giving our mind something else to do instead of just thinking about our struggles or whatever right I think that mine was maybe I don't know it was 
pretty obvious now when I look back. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right. When you so look back on it. I'm like, okay, that was obvious. But I thought I was hiding it well, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I probably wasn't. Um, but I think stereotypically, I think people think it's mainly people who are anorexic, right? Right. Like that's like what's seen in right. movies and that's mm-hmm. kind of what you think. And so I definitely wasn't anorexic. Right. And so... I think I did get away with fooling a lot of people and just, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm just dieting. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm just not eating carbs right now. Oh, I'm, you know, and a lot of people didn't really... No, they're not going to question it. You know, question at all. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what's funny is eating disorders can be competitive in that, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm not that sick or I'm not Mm -hmm. that skinny, so I don't need help. And and it's like, God, I wish I could go back to that little girl and be like... Mm -hmm. You do, you do need help, sweetie. You do. It's okay that you aren't, you know, at the level where you need to be in the ER. Like, you still need help. And that's something that I think I, I wish people kind of knew is that it isn't normal to feel guilty after eating. Mm. Uh, It's not. That statement, I feel like shouldn't be powerful, but it is. I felt that. Yeah. Me too. I can very, I can say now that I am so much healthier to the point now where I can go out to dinner and I, I will eat whatever I want. I don't care. I don't feel like, oh, well, I can't go out after because I look, you know, I, I feel fat or I feel like this or X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. Right. It's like, I can eat and I have so much more freedom with food now. That's amazing. Um, Not that it's, it's honestly, it's not hundred percent yet. I don't honestly know that it ever will be. It probably won't, but it yeah. is to the point now where I don't feel confined. I don't yeah. feel guilty for eating something I liked. Um, and it, it took a whole year of me not working out. I'm not going to go to the gym and I'm going to eat and I'm going to force myself to eat and be okay with it. And honestly, the not working out for a year, like it was hard on my bot, my body image for a little uh-huh. bit. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm so used to being, but my relationship with food completely changed and was like so it's so much healthier now where 100%. I don't feel I don't feel like I have to go walk four miles before I can have pasta tonight yes oh I relate to that so much yeah. and again if you think about someone with alcoholism what they say is don't go to the bar mm-hmm. you know and so that's exactly what you're doing you're just like I'm just not gonna go to the gym yeah and I'm gonna set these boundaries for myself right And I did that same thing where I didn't work out for a year and I actually just got a gym membership uh, last month and I have been afraid until now. I've been a little bit scared to engage in exercising again because like you're saying, I don't know that it goes away a hundred percent. I think it's just similar to alcoholism I keep bringing it up but people just become sober for the rest of their lives you know like but we can't just not eat for the rest of our lives exactly you know and we really can't not work out for the rest of our lives either like these things are healthy for us when you engage in them in the correct way in a healthy Mm -hmm. way and so anyway I wanted to talk about how you had texted us or I don't know, in passing, you were like, hey, we're going to watch the Survivor, was it 43, the finale? Yeah, yeah, 42. 42. 42. Okay. Season 42. Yeah, 42, the finale. Mm-hmm. And you were like, hey, there's going to be a watch party, uh, which we haven't really talked about this. Um, uh, you were like, there's going to be a watch party, and there's going to be some people who like were on the show yeah. before, Wendell, and yeah. then maybe like Bryce. one, yeah, Bryce, like mm-hmm. one other person, and... I had seen Wendell, a season of Wendell's and I didn't know Bryce, but I was thinking that was it. I was also thinking we were going to like an apartment and there's going to be maybe seven people there and we're going to watch the finale with them. Like I just had no idea what the heck we were walking into, but it was so crazy to like have that mindset going in, which also backing up. Bo and I were watching season 42 religiously. Like yeah. every single week we were so into this season so and we funny. loved all the characters so and we we're going into the finale. And when we get there, we freaking see all like literally the whole cast the of whole season cast? 42 I know. at the bar <laughs> watching the finale. And like, we're about to watch them and we're watching them watch the finale of themselves. And we were just like, what is happening? That's so funny. So first of all, yeah, I definitely did not explain that well um, at all. And two, I actually didn't even know what I was getting into. Um, so Kelly and I have thrown 
two watch parties, which were so fun. We need to do it again. Um, but I had never been to like a Bryson Wendell party. And so I really wasn't sure what I was getting into. And then that day he had told me that, oh, actually we, since, um, so they, they changed the format of the show where now they read the, the votes on set or set. It's not set, but right. on, on location versus doing that kind of live finale, which is such a bummer because the, the finale week for my season was so freaking fun. Because oh, um, would they fly everyone out? Yeah, everybody flies out to LA and we all stay in the same hotel and we just get to hang out. And it, I mean, I would say top 10, like, chunk of days of my life. It was it was oh, just so fun. My so family fun. was there and like Kelly was there and, and Aubrey was there. I just, yeah, it was amazing. So anyway, because they do that, they don't have a finale and they don't do like a party. So Bryce and Wendell were super sweet and they invited the whole 42 cast to come out and they kind of threw them the finale party-ish at that bar. I did not know that before I showed up. So when I showed up, I was like, oh, what is this? Oh, yeah, no, I know all of you guys. I know, and it wasn't even just them. Oh, no, it was it's like a lot of people. people from yeah. all four, like former seasons, which you had said, but I guess I was just thinking maybe like three people. It yeah. was like the all stars of recent seasons, yeah. which we had watched. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh my God, for people who watch the show, it's like there's Mike, there's Jonathan, mm-hmm. there's Ricard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Carla, Mm -hmm. Jesse, Cody. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just couldn't even believe Mm -hmm. what was happening. And what was so fun was, um, so we're watching the finale. When you go into the finale, there's five people left. Mm -hmm. And all five of them were there except the winner. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, I did not agree with the winner. Like, one of those times. (laughs) But like you said, there's every winner deserves to win. So we'll give him that. Um, But anyway... Four out of the five were there, yeah. and the person that I wanted to win, his name was Jesse. Yeah, he was there, mm-hmm. so he obviously knew what happened. But yeah. we didn't know what was happening, so I got to go up to him and say, "I'm rooting for you." Oh, by the I way, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I'm rooting for you. I hope you win." I love that so And then much. we watched it, and it was like, "Okay, he didn't win." Yeah, but it was so cool to be able to do that. And yeah, that was just such an epic like <laughs> scene. I'm like, what is going on? It was so <laughs> packed. It was so packed. Oh my god. I so packed. I my thing about Survivor watch parties and the way that Kelly and I do it is like, we are like we hang out with all the fans and talk Survivor the entire time and watch the show. Like we want to just take pictures and and talk Survivor and just be completely like with the survivor community during the party and i thought that you know one of the cool things with with this party was there were so many past survivors there that you know i got to talk to them but then we also got to like go out and talk to fans and like i i don't know if you've met andrea but um adore andrea i think she's one of the most fantastic people ever and so she was there and like she's iconic like people love andrea and so she walked out there and you could just see people just like jump on her like oh my gosh andrea and like <laughs> people had printed out pictures of survivor people like someone had printed out a picture of me to have me sign which i thought was just like the most Aww. like the biggest compliment ever i'm like are you kidding me like this is amazing so That's just so things cute. like that that make survivor watch parties so freaking fun like it's, they're just so fun it's just such a it's a niche group of yes, people but the people who do watch the show like yeah. we were saying are upset yes i mean it is their whole life like it, it's just something that totally they look forward to every night mm-hmm. which i'm saying they me i know me yeah, to absolutely. Every night. yeah um it's so good it's just such a good show i'm so incredibly glad that you were on it and i'm jealous that you're on it but no i think it's amazing <laughs> and hopefully you and Bo will get on it together oh my gosh that would be so fun <laughs> but at the very least i hope you get on it again that would be so fun that would be so fun we'll i would like have that. watch parties well together. we're gonna we're gonna get Bo on it he's gonna be great okay perfect yes. okay Thank you so much again. Seriously, like this was such a great conversation and I'm going to cherish it forever. Like I really feel like it was such a special. It was incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I loved hearing your stories about Survivor and the aftermath and everything. I mean, thank you just for being so vulnerable about all of it. And thank um, you for asking and, and sharing your story as well. I think you make it really easy to really easy to open up and have a conversation. I think, you know, being able to connect real life, real life stuff and struggles with something that people love, like Survivor, is really important. It really is. And it's really the heart of the show, too. So much of real life comes out on the show. Totally. And yeah, I'll I'll let you know when it airs. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs)